Hey guys, welcome back to the Get in the Fight podcast. I'm your host, Nate Whitson. Thank you for listening in. Again, if you are a Christian man who is trying to live a better life, live a bigger life, wants to be more of the man that God meant for him to be, but you're dealing with things like, you know, apathy and distraction and disconnection from other Christian men or from conversations like this one, if if you're the kind of guy who's struggling in your marriage or with parenting, if you're dealing with things in relationships or your spiritual life, or you just want to grow. We talk about all kinds of things like that geared specifically to the Christian man. So again, if that's you, welcome. We're going through a series here. There's going to be seven different decision-making conversations that we're having. This is part three of seven of those. And we're doing this at the beginning of the year of 2024. It doesn't really matter if you're listening to it then or who knows how long later. These conversations are perfect for the beginning of a year, or really any time, I guess, because we're talking about decision-making processes, the direction that you're heading in life. And again, whether that's the beginning of the year or end of the year, doesn't really matter, right? We are kind of presenting to you. There's no kinda. That's the wrong word. We are absolutely presenting to you seven ideas, seven decisions in particular, that could change your life. And, and if you've been listening to episodes 40 and 41, you've heard me say this. And again, if you haven't yet, go back and listen because there there is a good continuation to this thought process from Craig Rochelle's book that we're reading here, Divine Direction. You can see it here on the YouTube channel, Seven Decisions That Will Change Your Life. We've been saying that these decisions could change your life. And again, I think for a lot of us, for me in particular, if I hear that, I think, yeah, right. Okay. That's, again, that's just hyperbole. It's it's just fancy talk to get you to listen. I'm telling you, I believe this. Um, I'm dealing with this in my own life. I see this tension. I see the struggle to make great decisions. And so I want you just to listen in. Listen to these seven and just see. See if not even just all seven, but just even one of these new perspectives on how to make better decisions could literally change your life. I think that it could. So important stuff. I'm glad you're here. In the first episode, episode number 40 of this series, we're going through Craig Rochelle's book, and we're talking about the idea that small choices that we make, seemingly insignificant day-to-day decisions that we make, put us on a path. And what that path leads to, though, are stories, the stories of our life. We talk about how I made a small decision to start exercising, and it led to a great story. We talk about small decisions of flirting with that girl at work that led to major catastrophe. We talk about just uh, small things are not small things. So again, if you missed that in episode 40, definitely check that out. The ability to recognize that stories are built from your day-to-day small, quote-unquote, <laughs> decisions is huge. And if we could understand that there are no small decisions, they all are cumulatively powerful, big stories, it could change your life. In, in episode 41, we talked about learning to stop and pause, maybe wait before you make a decision or do the thing that you're thinking of doing. I mean, just think really quickly here. How many times have you had this regretful moment? It's part of your story now, like we just talked about in episode 40, where you're telling a story of regret and you think, if I could go back in time and just stop, what a difference that would make. If I hadn't driven the car when I was drinking, if I hadn't made that decision that got that girl pregnant, if I hadn't done this or done that, what if I would have just stopped? What if I would have not purchased that thing and just waited 24 hours before I made that decision? 
this could change your life. So small choices, big stories, stopping before we decide or do something, already two powerful things, episode 40 and 41. Today we build on to that though, and Craig talks about the, the decision-making ability to stay and to not walk away from something. When do you know that you should stay? And when does it make sense to just go through whatever you're going through? All right, so that's kind of where we're going today. This is where we've been. You can, I hope, already hear it in me. I just, I think these things could change your life. Episode 40, episode 41, and now episode 42, learning to stay. Going to the book, Craig says, I'm certain you'll have to wrestle with occasional challenges in different seasons of your life. A job that you don't think you can stand for even one more day. A relationship that is suddenly taking a turn for the worse. A dream you've been working on that hasn't materialized yet. A move that hasn't lived up to your expectations. When these things happen, it's only natural to ponder those huge, life-altering decisions. Should I take my chances, quit this job, and look for something else? I wonder if this relationship has run its course. Could it be time for me to move on? It doesn't look like this business is ever going to catch on. Maybe I should cut my losses before things get worse. In each of these examples, and with most major life choices, you've arrived at a fork in the road, and it's time to make a decision. Should I stay the course, or should I walk away? There are plenty of times when you should just walk away. Sometimes the best thing you can do is allow this chapter of your life to end so that you can start a new one. Before you decide, you really need to ask yourself, am I choosing to give up because it's the right thing or because it seems like leaving would be easier? You know, like you've probably been at one of those forks in the road. That would be my guess. In fact, there's probably been many forks in the road for you. You know, he gives some examples and it's worth thinking about. Have you ever been in that position yourself where you've had to make a decision about staying in a job or pursuing something different? I, I had gone through one of those myself. I've told this in different podcasts. If you've listened to them and, and just shared the story of like for a year, I remember really feeling compelled by God to leave, to not stay, to, to go. And it was this, it was this year full of just feeling this nudge, this push, but man, talk about a rough decision. I really enjoyed who I worked with. I, I really was finally able to make decent money at what I was doing. And then it felt like I was about to go through a change. And, and I had to make a decision in the middle of that wrestling, in the middle of that tension. Do I stay or, or do I go? Maybe you've been through something like that. Maybe you've had those relationship uh, issues where you thought, man, like there's some tension in this relationship. I kind of feel like maybe this isn't the right one for me but we're already so far into the relationship. Her family loves me. My family loves her. Maybe we should just stay or maybe it's time to go. You know, it's like we've been through these things the longer we live, buying houses, buying cars, taking jobs, relationships, all these kinds of things. So there is a fork in the road that if you're not at one right now, you've probably been through many or you're about to. And we're trying to figure out this. When I'm at that moment of decision-making, do I stay or do I go? And maybe more importantly, am I tempted to leave simply because I think it'll be easier? I think this is a major question, something that we really have to wrestle with. We are just prone to taking the easy route out, don't you think? Like, I feel like for a lot of what this men's ministry is about and the conversations that we have, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are kind of where we're at in life and in society, in our communities, in our homes, because in so many instances, we have simply chosen the easiest path. 
we've decided that staying or going is simply a matter of whatever is going to cause me the least amount of pain. And I think that can be a major problem. And so as you're thinking, is this starting to hopefully, you know, for I'm sure some of you, when you're at that decision-making crossroad, that fork in the road, ask yourself, am I, am I tempted to leave simply because it's easier to walk away from that relationship, from that purchase, from that church that just, you know, isn't perfect for you, whatever that decision-making is that you're really wrestling with, what is really at the heart of your decision-making process? As we say this again, just a reminder of what I talked to you about in the very beginning here from episodes 40 and 41, there are no real small decisions that you make because cumulatively throughout the day, you're making decisions all the time and they're taking you in a certain direction, right? Like it's not just a thought, it's a step. Your steps all have started from decisions that you've thought of first. And this is why scriptures are clear that the battle that we face is in our mind. The devil can't touch you. He can't touch your salvation. He can't change anything, but he can tempt you to think the wrong way. And so we have this battle of decision-making constantly throughout the day. Do I keep focusing on this thing or should I turn my attention over to here? Do I stay negative or do I stay positive? Like all day long, these seemingly small things that we don't really stop and you know consider a whole lot can be life-altering decisions. And, and we tend to not you know, make the best decision-making process because we haven't learned how to think the best. So learning to ask the question, am I leaving just simply because it's easy or maybe it feels like it's the easier way to go is a good question, but maybe a better question that Craig presents to us, I think is worth asking. It's this, what does God want me to want? Think about this. What does God want me to want? Go into the book here, we'll look at that, and he says this. If you haven't already, you will someday find yourself at a crossroads, a place where you have to make a difficult decision about your life's direction. Should I stay the course when it would be easier to go another way? Or maybe a better question to ask is, what does God want you to want? Think about that for a minute. What's the one big thing you know God wants you to pursue? Does he want you to spend more time with your family? Maybe he wants you to spend more time developing your family spiritually. Maybe he wants you to work more to develop yourself because, to be honest, you haven't been growing as a follower of Jesus, a genuine disciple. It may be that God wants you to stop pursuing your own dreams, to surrender something to him that means a lot to you. Maybe he wants you to stop living for things that don't matter. Even if what you're thinking of isn't one of these things, I'd be willing to bet that you have some idea of what God wants you to want. Isn't that a great thought? What is it that God wants you to want? Like we are thinking in these decision-making moments, a lot of times, like what's the easier thing? Because men have become soft. We've become passive. And because maybe in a lot of ways we haven't truly surrendered our will to his, we really are just kind of pursuing life for what we think we can get out of it. And oftentimes we just kind of coast. We kind of just uh, go through life without any kind of like decision-making process that's filtered through, God, what do you want? Imagine if you could just learn today. Imagine we talk about being a life-changing conversation. Imagine if the only thing you got from this that you actually put into action was as you go throughout your day, you stopped to say, God, what do you want me to want? What a powerful question that is. What I hope happens as you hear that is it's maybe 
you know, causing your brain to go in a direction you go like, I already know what the answer is. A lot of times when I do coaching with people, one of the things I tell them is like, look, the Holy Spirit is your counselor. He's going to speak into your life if you'll allow him to, and you don't just, you know, put a blocker on him. He is going to speak. And what you already know to do is the thing that you know to do. You might need coaching simply to cause you to remember, oh yeah, that's right. I already know that I ought to spend more time in God's word. Like, do I need to tell you that as a coach? No, but if you're not doing it, then that's where coaching can help. That's where this podcast can help. That's where these conversations and reading these books like Craig's can help. What does God really want you to want? Well, you probably already know what that is. That would be my guess. I think many times, maybe even most times, we already know what we should do. It's just that (laughs) doing that thing we already know to do is going to be hard. It's not going to be the easy path. Remember like that, that's that tension here is, do do I stay or do I go? And the first early temptation is, well, what's the easiest way? The easiest way would be maybe I don't talk through this with my wife or with my family member that I'm struggling with or that person at work. It's just easier to not, so that's what I'm going to do. But deep down, you already know that what does God want you to want? He wants you to want his life to be lived through yours. And the way that we do that is typically not through the easiest route. It's through the Christ route. It's through the cross, right? It's picking up yours every day, dying to yourself and putting on Christ. So, As I'm saying all of that, what is it for you? Is there an area of your life that you know that God is pushing you into? Is there an area of your life that you kind of sort of maybe already know (laughs) that you ought to be staying in? And that's the right answer, that you should be staying in this thing, not because it's easy, but because it's right. Is there something like that, right? Is there an area of your life where maybe God wants to use the harder thing that you're going through to tell a bigger story. Isn't that the way, like when you read the Bible, isn't that the way that God tends to tell great stories about himself is by using broken men like you and I to tell a bigger story of how good he is, how faithful he is, how able he is to bring people through tough things to bring glory on the other side, to bring healing on the other side, to bring a gift on the other side that you would have never dreamed is possible, to move a mountain that only God could move so that he is glorified and your life is better and more lives are impacted because of that? Is there an area of your life that God wants to use, that you're going through that's not easy and staying is the right answer? Because by staying, God will tell a bigger and a better story through you. See, the story of wanting uh, to quit is the story of our lives. In fact, it reminds me when I was in, 
I think fifth grade football, we had a coach that was just a jerk. Like he was just this big kind of bully of a guy. I think he was a police officer even, but he kind of like had this macho kind of tone and we're like timid little fifth graders or whatever. And I remember a couple weeks into it, like coming to my dad and being like, I hate this. This is no fun. Like I want to quit. And this was such a great moment for my dad and mom as parents. They just said, look, if you start something, you're finishing it. There's no quitting this year. If you don't want to play next year, totally fine, but you're not quitting. There's no way you're quitting on this team. There's no way you're quitting this. And again, like, guess what's happening? Like all my little buddies were like, yeah, this sucks. Like, I hate this. This is no fun. And so we're all kind of like building momentum thinking like, yeah, if we just tell our parents that we want to quit, this should be no big thing. But fortunately, my parents were wise enough to say, that we're not going to quit. And there's a better story that's told later of this right here. I'm telling you this better, bigger story because think of how wimpy that story is. I quit in fifth grade and guess what? I started quitting every year after that is more likely the story because if I learn to quit in one thing, I'm going to learn to quit in other things too. So by staying in football as a fifth grader and learning this tough lesson, like, Hey, you started it, you're going to finish it. There's bigger and better stories to be told that, and we're telling it now. There's something about staying that I think is important to being a man. Don't you? Like when you start thinking of your own stories, you start hearing this one, it's like, man, yeah, that story of wanting to quit by not doing that, what I was tempted to do, what I wanted to do, if I was like basing it on how I felt at the moment, if I only made decisions based on feelings, I would have quit. And who knows how many other things I would have quit along the way by learning to quit early on. But what a better story to go like, no, when I start something, I finish it. It's one of our eight habits that we talk about here in our ministry. When we start something, we don't quit. We finish what we start. What a great thing. Like there's something very manly about that, something very good about that. You know, it's easier to quit on a marriage because marriage is hard. But guess what? I'm not the kind of man that can, that quits. So I'm not going to quit on a hard marriage because I don't quit hard things. I finish them, right? It's easier to quit on church because people let you down. Your pastor isn't what you thought. Your youth minister isn't as exciting as the guy that's down the road. And so it's just easier to go chasing, you know, church stuff that just fits your needs, but doesn't at all like help you to grow or become more of God's disciple or person. It's easier to quit at something when you failed over and over and over. Like it makes me think here in this ministry, I remember, I kind of forget these a little bit, but years ago I'd started a, a very similar idea. I started blogging and, and podcasting for the very first time years ago and it went nowhere. It was called Godly Man, Family Man, Manly Man. So my heart's always kind of been talking about these things, but guess what happened to that first one? Nothing. It was, it was just, it didn't go anywhere. It just kind of faded out and fizzled out. But this thing is still in my heart even today, but it's easier to quit when you go like, ah, I've already tried this. It doesn't work. Guess what? Like get back up and you keep fighting. That's more of what men do. That's what we need men to do. How about like in relationships? It's easier to quit when somebody has hurt you bad. It's easier just to be like, screw you. I don't care. Like you've hurt my feelings. We're done. That's way, way easier. But a man is somebody who says, look, this relationship matters. This person matters the most mature person moves first. So I'll move first and we are going to reconcile this. This is way harder. And it's something that we need men to take on. How about like, for many of you, this was a, definitely a part of my story where I'm like, how did I get 40 pounds, 
50 pounds out of shape? How did I go from being an athlete as a kid to just, I'm tired all the time. My brain fog is thick. My pants <laughs> don't fit anymore. I'm buying bigger pants. Like again, it's not a knock on being overweight necessarily, but why is it that we get so far away from our best version and then we just want to quit completely and never get back in the fight? Why? Because it's hard. It's hard to get back in shape when you're later in life. It just doesn't come as easy. It's going to take a lot more diligence. It's going to have to be focused on for a lot longer time than it would have been in your 20s or maybe even 30s. It is, my point, so much easier to quit. It's so much easier many times to go. But what if there's something more valuable than easy? What if there's something way more valuable to your story than quitting and leaving? What if staying in the middle of what stinks and is really hard to do is something that God wants you to stay in? What if there's an area of your life that you already know God's asking you to stay in, not because it's easy, but because it's hard, because on the other side, he knows there's a better story to tell. Remember this, the decisions that we make along the way in our everyday life lead to the stories that we tell. I've been telling you a couple here along this podcast, and you've got stories about that you could tell too. Times that you've quit and regret it. Times that you've stayed and, and didn't understand at the time what it would do for you. But by staying in that marriage, by staying at that church, by staying in that job, whatever it is, today you're thinking, man, I'm really glad that I stayed. The stories that we tell are built on the decisions that we make. The decisions that we make point us in a certain direction. And that direction is going to determine the stories that we tell. So we have to understand this. So like, you want to change your life? Let's work on the way you make decisions. Let's learn to see that there are no small decisions. Let's learn to uh, stop, pause, wait, give some time, some prayer before we take steps forward and act on that thing. Let's remember that sometimes staying is the right answer despite how it feels, right? Every one of these decision-making processes lead us into a direction that is going to end with us telling stories. How awesome would it be if the stories of your life were ones that had power behind them because God worked in those stories and in those decision-making processes where you get to say, like, I was more of the man that God meant for me to be because I learned when to stay. I learned, as we're going to see in the next podcast, when to go. I learned that there were no small decisions. I learned how to pause and stop before I make the next wrong move. And, and think of this, by the way, how many times have you not gotten, not gotten the decision right, right? So let's just say this, let's say you, you don't feel like exercising or eating well. And so you just have a bad day. And then one bad day turns into two. How many times has day two turned into three and then four and then week 10, <laughs> right? It's like this, how did I end up 10 weeks away from where I was doing so well? Where, where did it go wrong? Well, somewhere along the way, it got easy to quit. It got easy to not get back into the gym. It got easy to go. And we like, we, we compound our problems by having things not go our way once. And then we just easily turn it into two days and three days and four days. And it turns into a lifetime full of bad decisions and regrets. Stories of, gosh, I've tried over and over to get in shape and I just can't do it. I've tried over and over to make this relationship work, but it just, it's not going to work. It's not going to go anywhere, right? We tell these stories after decision-making processes. What if we could change that? 
what if we could learn to make better decisions? Going back to the book one more time, Craig says this, after some time has passed, maybe you'll be looking back, reflecting on your story, and you'll realize that even though you didn't know it at the time, God was using that very thing you hated to rewire you, to change you, to transform your life. You perhaps didn't think it was possible, but you've indeed changed in an important way. What the enemy intended for evil, God somehow used for good. Maybe your story will be that you learned to know God and his faithfulness in a way that you've never had before. Maybe your story will be that you chose to live for him and his glory in a way that you never thought was possible, and all because you decided to stay with God. Maybe you've already been remaining faithful. Maybe you've been doing that for a long time. You've stayed in the same boring job, and you feel like a failure. You've stayed raising your kids, but you still feel like a failure there too. You've been stuck in the same boring marriage, and you feel like a 20-year failure. But sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness, staying where you're planted. Is there a time to leave? Maybe so. But don't go just because it's easier. Staying has the ability to change your life in some profound ways. Here's a couple thoughts. Staying has the ability to change the strength of your character. Think about all the times that you've stayed with something tough, like my fifth grade football story where you just go, I wanted to leave, but guess what? The character of my life could be so much different if my parents said, you know what, just take the easy route. You think it's no big deal at fifth grade football? It's a big deal when you're married. And you just go, you know what, it's too hard. I'm done, right? Think about the character that's developed by learning to stay when you don't feel like it. Think about the example that you set for your children or your grandchildren or the people in your church or the people in your community or your work. When you are the kind of man that stays put, and says, I'm not leaving, I'm fighting through this thing. Think of the example that that sets. Think of the power of staying there, not just for your life, but for those that are watching you. Think about the, the way that your heart and your, your spirit becomes resilient. Because you know what? When you've gone through hard things like staying put, when you really wanted to run, you become resilient for the next thing that shows up. And all of a sudden, that headwind, that trouble that comes, which is guaranteed to come, again, you're more resilient the next time that comes. Think about like the courage and bravery that's developed in a man when he learns to not hightail it and run and quit when everything in him and everybody around him is saying like, dude, just give this up. It's just so much easier to go, right? You become a more courageous and brave man, more of the man that God meant for you to be. You become the kind of man, like when the Bible says, act like a man, that's what it's talking about, courage and bravery. You become more of that when you learn to stay instead of quit. You become immune to fear. Right? Think about how much fear dominates and controls a man's life. When fear gets in the way, we just tend to go, okay, this is too scary. This is too dark. This is too troublesome, whatever it is. And then we leave. And guess what? The more you learn to resist that and stay put rather than running as quick as you can, you become more immune to the next fear when it shows up again. But if there's anything that it does, if there's like one big takeaway from learning to stay when you'd rather go, it's this. You become more like your Savior. That's the truth. Jesus in the garden is freaking out, isn't he? He's taking on fear. He's, he's taking on <laughs> all of the world 
the sin of the world, the sin of your life, the sin of my life, the times that we hightailed and run, he took all of that. And he's like, this would be so much better, Father, if I could just escape this. Like, if there's any other way. And then the courage and the resilience and the character of Christ shows up and he says, but I want what you want. Your way, not mine. And he takes on a physical and spiritual cross for us. Every time we learn to stay instead of quit, we become more like him. And that is the point. That is how we glorify him. Because when his strength is shown in us in the way that we live our life, he becomes the center point. He becomes the one where we say, not me, but him. I couldn't do this on my own. I'm not built that way. God, I can't take this on. I can't stay through this. This marriage is so hard. This parenting situation, this disease that we're facing, this terrible news, this cutback in the job, whatever this thing is, this, this is too much for me. And he comes in and he says, but it's not too much for me. And God like just does something special in your life because you stayed put and you weren't moved by that trouble, by that fear. All of a sudden God is just telling this bigger story through your life. And let's remember this. All of life is about telling his story. And so the stories that we tell aren't just about us. They're about God doing something in us where people go, wow, he is good. Wow, God is so strong. Wow, God is able to do anything. If he can do that in Nate's life, he can do that in your life, in my life too, right? It, wow, isn't God good? The more that you can learn to stay and not quit, the more that will become true for you. That's what I'm hoping for. That's the fight. This is such a big piece of what it means for us when we say get in the fight, this ministry. Get in the fight to stay when everything inside you wants to quit, but don't be a quitter. Finish what you start and let God tell a bigger and better story in your life.